With South Carolina offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield leaving to take the same position at Nebraska, who are some potential candidates to watch in South Carolina's coaching search for their new play caller? Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com using promo code LOCKEDON, one word, at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And what a whirlwind 48 hours it has been, or maybe even 72 hours, honestly, for the South Carolina Gamecocks. They go from winning their first game in eight tries against the Clemson Tigers on Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday, in the aftermath of this big win, reports start to trickle out about some movement on the coaching staff. Marcus Satterfield might be going to Nebraska. Shane Beamer might be getting a new contract fairly soon. And now we've got some news to report on one of those fronts. As on Monday morning, it was reported by Pete Thamel that Nebraska was seriously targeting Marcus Satterfield to be their next offensive coordinator with Chris Lowe of ESPN later confirming this, saying that Marcus Satterfield told him that morning that he was planning on taking the offensive coordinator position at Nebraska to reunite with an old coaching friend in Matt Rule, who was just hired as the head coach of the Cornhuskers this past weekend. So, what are my overall thoughts on this move for South Carolina and Marcus Satterfield both? Well, in my opinion, this was a good move for both sides. And I'm inclined to believe that this was a mutual decision at the end of the day. Because again, Marcus Satterfield gets to reunite with Matt Rule. And at the same time, he will have a chance to reshape his reputation as a play caller up in Lincoln. While in Columbia, Shane Beamer is going to get to go after an offensive coordinator with something to offer in terms of the on-field product this time. The obvious progression that this program has made in his first two years. The talent that he has on the team that could be coming back for 2023. Some really good recruits coming in fairly soon, and some other factors as well. So what were the two biggest issues with Marcus Satterfield during his time at South Carolina that sort of culminated to this final moment, this final event in his time as a Gamecock? Well, to be honest, Marcus Satterfield never seemed to really be able to get into a flow, get into a rhythm in terms of his in-game coaching. South Carolina was notoriously known for the majority of Satterfield's time here in Columbia as an offense that could never get out to a fast start. It seemed like every single week, pretty much, the offense could never score more than seven total points in the first quarter. And the thing is, 
It does not matter maybe how good the offense plays in the next three quarters. When your offense is always starting off so cold, it's going to catch up to you. And it is going to, more importantly in this case for South Carolina, hold you back from being able to win some of the games that they just won the last two weeks, being able to take the program to new heights. Marcus Satterfield also seemed to be quite repetitive at times in terms of his play calling, even if the play calls were not exactly working so well during the football game. And I've already gone over this a bevy of times throughout this season, so I'm not going to type too much into that specific point. And another thing is situational play calling. Look, there was some head-scratching plays at times that were made by Marcus Satterfield. You know, last year, Probably the biggest example of this would be the Tennessee game where South Carolina got all the way down to the three-yard line on a really good offensive drive and decided to put the ball in the hands of a defensive end in Jordan Birch, which don't get me wrong, Jordan Birch is a great athlete, probably the best athlete or at least one of the best athletes on the entire football team right now. But a play like that probably shouldn't be called at that specific time. And that's just one of many examples of just how out of touch it seemed like at times Marcus Satterfield was in terms of knowing when and when not to call certain plays. The other issue with Marcus Satterfield, it didn't seem like he ever really tried to cater this offense to the players as an entire group. Obviously, I've talked about this before, the offensive line pretty much had a zone blocking scheme forced on them for the last two seasons after it was so clear in 2020 that the best way to utilize this particular group of offensive linemen was to use a gap run type scheme where it's more one-on-one blocking and in the running game, again, just trying to open up one particular gap instead of trying to block a whole area and having to you know, cover seven-step drop-back play action passes like they had to over the last two years. This group was not geared for that kind of offense, and yet that's what they were forced to do. The best players on this offense weren't always played consistently. Quandre White is the best example from 2021, a four-game stretch halfway through the year where he just went MIA for seemingly no reason at all. And then in 2022, Jaheim Bell and Josh Van were the two biggest examples in this aspect. So needless to say, There was a lot of problems with Marcus Satterfield and how he ran this offense, both within the game, the game planning, all sorts of different areas to a point where it seemed like either way, even after these last two weeks, that the best move for South Carolina might be for there to be a parting of ways. And the thing is, if Satterfield had been retained by South Carolina or if he had wound up sticking around for another season, I think that some of the players who, you know, are right now weighing their options and you know, maybe thinking about coming back to South Carolina, would decide to transfer out and basically just leave automatically. Spencer Rattler and Jaheim Bell are the two particular players I'm talking about in this regard, and maybe even some of the backup running backs because of the lack of snaps they got when Christian Bill Smith and Marshawn Lloyd were both down with injuries. So, again, my final overall opinion on this entire ordeal is that this is a good move for both sides And one, again, I'm inclined to believe was a mutual decision. I definitely don't think South Carolina tried to get in the way of Marcus Satterfield going to Nebraska. And I think that for Marcus Satterfield, maybe just a change of scenery could do him some good. Obviously, we've already seen that with some people in recent college football history. Spencer Rattler is a good example of this from this season. So, again, wish the best of luck to Marcus Satterfield and all the best in your future. 
And based on what Shane Bieber might want in his new offensive coordinator, who could South Carolina's next offensive coordinator be? Who are some names to watch? Stick around because I'm going to dive into a list of candidates that I think are going to be in the running here for this position in just a few moments. But before I get into all of that, do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends at Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks has everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect. Gifts like perfectly aged tender steaks, juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and classic comfort meals. A gourmet gift from Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart. A gift that will remember with every unforgettable bite. Plus, with this special offer, you can get $30 off of your order as long as you buy a certain amount from Omaha Steaks. Shop early and beat the shipping rush. Whether you're shopping for friends, family, colleagues, or yourself, every order is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Visit omahasteaks.com using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $30 off of your order. Again, minimum order may be required to qualify for this offer. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. I want to thank y'all once again for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen. For your next listen, I would like for you to go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast where the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day all take place. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app YouTube, and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. All right, so when looking at some potential candidates for South Carolina's soon-to-be-vacant offensive coordinator position, there are a couple foundational principles that Shane Beamer is going to want in this new coordinator. Firstly, he's going to want a coordinator that's going to believe in a strong ground game. This is something that Shane Beamer has talked about ad nauseum in the past in terms of some of the tenets of his football program. He wants to lead a football team that is good at both running the football on offense and stopping the run on defense. He talked about this when he originally took the job back in late 2020. So that is going to be one thing that is going to be a requirement for Shane Beamer. Another requirement will be someone who can sprinkle in some air raid principles into the offense, but maybe doesn't completely rely on this. And obviously, he got this from his time when he was at Oklahoma and was coaching under now Southern Cal head coach Lincoln Riley. So we're going to be talking about a Riley brother, by the way, in just a few moments. So without further ado, let's get into some of the initial candidates to watch in this coaching search. Starting off with Arkansas offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Kendall Bryles, who oversees a veer and shoot offense that is heavily laden with RPOs, or run-pass options. The highlight for Kendall Bryles is the strong ground game that his offenses have produced in his time at Arkansas. As the Hogs have averaged 201.36 rushing yards per game over the past three seasons. A few notes on Kendall Bryles. He is a coaching disciple of his father, Art Bryles, who oversaw the famous spread air raid offenses that was run at Baylor back in in the previous decade. Kendall Browse has been dubbed by some people as one of the brightest offensive minds in 
college football. He was a Broyles Award finalist in 2015, an award that's given to the top assistant coach in all college football. And he does have a connection with a staff member that's currently with South Carolina, as he has worked with current Gamecock wide receiver coach Justin Stepp in the past, which was for one year at Arkansas back in 2020. Now, in order to get a better idea of what kind of coach the Gamecocks could be getting in Kendall Browse, I reached out to Locked On Razorbacks host John Neighbors to get an idea of his strengths and weaknesses as a play caller and how he is on the recruiting trail. And here's what John Neighbors had to say. Quote, strengths are balance. Really good at mixing it up. It's also a really fun offense to watch and be a part of when it's clicking. Weaknesses are timely play calling. I don't think he's had one trick play work at Arkansas, and he's ran about 20 of them. Red zone play calling was pretty bad this year as well. Seems to get more pass happy in times where a run game is working. Recruiting-wise, he hasn't really wowed anyone with his signings. Most of the offensive players have been signed by the staff as a whole. Malik Hornsby is his one quarterback recruit, but he hasn't panned out so far. Malachi Singleton is coming in, who's really good, assuming he stays committed, so he really hasn't shown any strength in that regard either. So, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Kendall Browse and what all has happened with Arkansas's offense this season. And while I cannot speak to the entire situation like maybe John Neighbors over on Locked On Razorbacks can, I can say this. I know that K.J. Jefferson has missed multiple games this season. When you have a starting quarterback that's as good as K.J. Jefferson that is out of an offense that is so reliant on the run game and doesn't really have a good passing backup quarterback behind him, then yeah, your offense is going to struggle because you no longer have that dual threat ability that KJ Jefferson possesses at that spot. Now, in terms of the timely play calling and everything, I have heard a little bit of concern about that from Arkansas's fan base, but you could also sit there and say that maybe Arkansas's fan base is having a very emotional reaction to the fact that Arkansas finished the year six and six. Also, Arkansas's defense at times did not really give the offense a whole lot of help, which is maybe part of the reason why he got pass happy at times. Again, I'm just sort of throwing all that out there just to sort of, you know, maybe be a devil's advocate in terms of some of these points that were brought up. But still, very valid points from John Neighbors. So how likely is it that South Carolina could get Kendall Browse? I would say very likely. If I had to rank him in terms of realistic candidates that South Carolina could get for this offensive coordinator position... I would probably put him at number one right now because of the connection he has with Justin Stepp, the experience he has in the SEC, and the fact that he offers an offense that, again, has some air raid-ish principles, but is powered by a strong ground game, which I think that Shane Beamer is going to value to a great degree. Another candidate to watch in this search is offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Garrett Riley from TCU. And TCU, obviously, right now is touting one of the best offenses in the country right now. They're fourth in the country in scoring offense, 28th in the country in rushing offense, and 16th in the country in terms of total yards gained per week. They are 12-0 at the same time, going to the Big 12 title game later this week, and they're close to potentially securing a college football playoff spot for the first time ever in school history. Now, some of the main notes with Garrett Riley. He coached under or alongside former East Carolina head coach Ruffin McNeil, current Southern Cal head coach Lincoln Riley, his older brother, current Missouri head coach Eli Drinkwitz, and current TCU head coach Sonny Dykes. Now, Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes is the main relationship to look into here because he's been with Sonny Dykes for the last three years at both SMU and TCU. 
which is one of two negatives that I have regarding Garrett Riley as a candidate for this spot. Because here's the thing, y'all. He has never completely had play calling duties solely on his shoulders. He's never been the sole play caller at a team. And if he is maybe involved in the game planning all that right now, that's great. But that's different from actually having to call plays in game, which I believe Sonny Dykes does right now at TCU. And I believe that it is basically his offense. That's not to say, again, that Garrett Riley doesn't play a role in terms of maybe everything that goes on throughout the week, but there is a big difference there. The other negative is maybe the lack of recruiting time against some of the bigger players in college football. When you're obviously at places like Kansas, App State, East Carolina, you're not recruiting against the likes of Georgia and Tennessee and Alabama year after year after year. If he were to come to South Carolina, he would have a big learning curve in that aspect in a hurry in my eyes. Now, he does have a lot of air raid principles that are in this TCU offense. And in an interview before, he has talked about how he does believe in catering the play calling to the offense's strengths. And he knows that running the football is a constant when you're talking about teams that are winning championships. So just based on all of that, it sounds like that he would be exactly the candidate that Shane Beamer would want to have as a part of his staff. Now, how likely is it that South Carolina could get him? In my eyes, I still think that it's unlikely. I just don't see Garrett Riley leaving the current situation that he's in right now with how well things are rolling right now at TCU, the potential for him to maybe even get a head coaching offer from a decent group of five job or lower end power five job very soon. You know, I'm not trying to sit here and say it'd be a lateral move for him, but when things are going so well for him right now, you know, it, it might not make a whole lot of sense in his eyes to do this. So that's why I say this is unlikely. I just don't think that this move is going to happen. We will continue our conversation on other potential candidates that the Gamecocks could go after in just a few moments. But first, a word from a couple of sponsors. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so here's a few other candidates to watch or keep an eye on throughout this process. Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the main thing to note with him, he coached at Mississippi State from 2014 to 2016, and then at Florida from 2018 to 2020. He spent all this time under head coach Dan Mullen. Now, Brian Johnson did hold an offensive coordinator title in his final year at Florida, but again, he has never been the primary play caller at any of his stops. Now, I reached out to Locked On Gators host Brandon Olson to get an idea of what Brian Johnson's impact was at Florida and how the fans viewed him. And Brandon Olson had this to say, quote, Everyone was happy for him in terms of getting the job at Philadelphia. BJ was loved by the players and fans. He played a pretty big part in the development of future second-round pick Kyle Trask, who is now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He did not call plays as offensive coordinator at Florida, but he did contribute to the game plan part. So again, kind of like Garrett Riley, it seems like Brian Johnson has a lot of potential in terms of his development specifically in this regard, but he's never been a primary play caller. So that's a big check mark that you want to see with the new offensive coordinator at South Carolina, Brian Johnson might fall a few levels down the list in this regard. 
How likely is it that South Carolina could get him? I'm indifferent on this. I think it's probably a 50-50 coin flip. If South Carolina really liked Brian Johnson and really made a massive push for him, I could see how Brian Johnson would want to come back with me to the SEC, get his feet wet as a college offensive coordinator, and maybe eyeball going back to the pros at some point. But I don't think that, of course, Shane Beaver would want to get a guy who could potentially try to make a move like that. I think Shane Beaver wants a guy that's going to be around for at least a few years to, again, keep some stability in the program. And again, the fact he's never been a primary play caller, I think that's going to hold Brian Johnson back from ever getting any real traction here in this coaching search. Another candidate to maybe keep an eye on is Phil Longo, who's the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at North Carolina. Now, Longo has overseen multiple high-level offenses at Sam Houston State, Ole Miss, and now currently North Carolina. Although his offense is viewed as one that can pile up the stats on opposing teams, but they'll have a few games every single season where they're not going to come through for you. And maybe particularly the bigger matchups against some of the more talented competition on your schedule. He's also currently developing young star quarterback in Drake May, who could potentially be a Heisman Trophy candidate in the next week or so in New York. So how likely is it that South Carolina could get Phil Longo? I would say right now it's unlikely. If this had happened last year, I would say that Phil Longo would have had a really good chance to get the job here at South Carolina. But at this moment in time, especially with Drake May now at North Carolina just balling out up there, I just don't see any way that Phil Longo is leaving Chapel Hill to come to Columbia. Now, some other candidates that I personally like that I think that South Carolina should at least inquire about. Kevin Johns, the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Duke. He helped Duke's offense shoot up from 22.1 points per game in 2021 to 33.1 points per game this season. An 11 point per game average jump in just one year on the staff. He also has experience at the Power 5 level at Indiana, Northwestern, and Texas Tech. I believe serving as an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at all three stops. And it wouldn't be a very long move for Kevin Johnson if he wanted to go from Durham, North Carolina, all the way down to Columbia. So just based on the improvement that he has helped Duke make in year one under Mike Elko, I think that Kevin Johns is someone that South Carolina should definitely consider in this search. Will Stein is another one, co-offensive coordinator, quarterback coach at Texas San Antonio, otherwise known as UTSA. This season, the Roadrunners offense ranks in the top 16 in college football in the following categories, scoring offense, third down offense, first down offense, and red zone offense. Essentially, this Roadrunners offense does everything well. There's not one really bad deficiency with this offense in terms of at least just looking at the sheer numbers. So, yeah, any offense that's doing that well statistically, I think you at least got to put a phone call in to see if he's interested in potentially coming back to SEC country. Because Will Stein was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. So, Will Stein, while he's never coached in the SEC, he would have at least an understanding of the climate and the culture I didn't even mean to really say that, but I'm just going to keep it in there just for the heck of it. He would have an understanding of the SEC football landscape. So Will Stein, again, maybe not one of your first phone calls, but I would definitely inquire about this guy if you reach that point. And then the last one would be Tim Cramsey, the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Memphis. Now, 
he has carried over his offensive success as a play caller to multiple stops, which is why I included him on this list. Coaching at schools like Sam Houston State, Marshall, and Memphis. And you can tell based on the schools I probably just mentioned that the one negative with Tim Cramsey, he has never coached at the Power 5 level in any capacity. So in terms of adapting to the different set of athletes and different set of coaches that you're going to be dealing with at this level, that would be a valid concern if you were a South Carolina fan and looking at, you know, Tim Cramsey potentially being the next play caller here at South Carolina. So with all those guys that I just mentioned, there's only one guy that could probably have a decent chance to become South Carolina's next offensive coordinator, and that would probably be Kevin Johns, just purely based on the proximity of where he is right now compared to Columbia. But otherwise, again, the main candidates to watch probably in this entire process will be Kendall Bryles, Garrett Riley, and Brian Johnson, I would say the quarterback coach at the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe Phil Longo, but again, I just don't see that happening. Kevin Johns would probably be that fifth guy. And if I had to throw in another one, I mean, I've heard Zach Kitley of Texas Tech. I've heard his name thrown around a little bit. I think it'd be interesting if he were to come to South Carolina, but I think Texas Tech's his alma mater. I think Texas is his home state, and he just arrived there this fall. So I just don't see him going away from home that quickly. Joe McGuire, I think, is building a really good program over there in Lubbock right now, and I think Zach Kelly plans on being a part of that for at least a couple of years. So don't see that move happening at all. Brennan Marion is another name I've heard trickle out a little bit. He's the wide receivers coach and I believe pass game coordinator at Texas, and he is... Famous for the go-go offense, which can't explain all of that because I don't even understand it really myself. But the point being, he has been someone that has been described as an offensive innovator. And the best example of the effect he's had on offenses would probably be 2021 at Pittsburgh. I believe he was the wide receivers coach there for that season. Obviously, Kenny Pickett went off. Jordan Addison went off a receiver. That offense set a bunch of records, I believe at Pittsburgh, and they, I think, went on to, of course, win the ACC championship game. So, obviously, it's had an impact at one school, but the thing is, how can Brennan Marion do as a primary play caller, being the guy overseeing the entire offense? Again, a concern that you might have, but if the offense is that exciting and it has some success, it could bring in a lot of recruits. There's a lot of factors for Shane Beamer to have to consider with this entire process, which is why I'm sure you're probably not going to hear a decision made on this front for at least a little while. In terms of an interim coach for the bowl game, if I had to make a guess right now, again, a complete guess, I would probably say Justin Stepp. I think he's the only guy, based on the experiences that he has up to this point, that would be more prepared for that job, for this role, compared to the other assistants on the offensive coaching staff. No offense to all those guys, but I think he would be the most equipped to handle those responsibilities moving forward, heading into whatever bowl game South Carolina plays at. So, Thank you all for listening to today's show of Locked On Gamecocks. Hope you enjoyed it. What are your thoughts on Marcus Satterfield leaving to go to Nebraska? What are your thoughts on maybe any candidates that you want to see hired? Who are maybe your top three coaches that you want Shane Beamer to look at? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts in the comments section. If you're watching today's show on YouTube, you can also send me a message at A-Line underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll respond to it as quickly as I see it. Don't forget to make Locked On Sports today your second listen after, of course, you've listened to to the entirety of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank y'all once again for tuning in. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.